I see that you're out there, though. I see those smiling faces. All right. Welcome, everyone. It is the second week of, I'm going to get it right today, Advent. And today we are celebrating peace and uh, just, just all of those wonderful things that make up the truth of our beingness and our awareness of our Christ consciousness. And uh, that's a beautiful thing. Thank you to all the people who came and helped decorate for the de- for uh, Christmas. I've gotten heard many compliments on this tree. Many, 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 many. And it does look pretty great. So thanks to everyone who helped with that and who just helps make our, our space beautiful by cleaning it every week and all of those maybe less glamorous tasks. So we thank you for that. Uh, today we have a very special service. Just so you know, I am Susan Smith. I'm a licensed unity teacher here. Our minister, Reverend Nita Strauss, is with her husband in California enjoying the beach. And I know she's thinking about us all right now. I know she wants me to say hi. And she will be gone one more week. So today we have a very special service. We're calling it one of our new voices service. And it is three of our spiritual education and enrichment credit students are going to be uh, per- presenting. And I'll just be kind of the at uh, the MC this morning. But to get us in that space, before we we bring the first person up to speak, we're going to go ahead and start as we always do with our affirmation. And this is that grounding. This is what we're celebrating. You know, we're yes, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, our master teacher and way shower. That's a beautiful thing to celebrate and something to be joyful for. Certainly grateful for his presence on the planet, and we wouldn't be here together if, if that hadn't happened. Not like this anyway. But uh, we also are celebrating the birth of that awareness of our own Christ consciousness. Our awareness of that. So, that's a really big thing, and it really is expressed so beautifully in the affirmation we do every week. So, the most important thing when we say this affirmation is just to let ourselves feel it. Feel it grounding. Get ourselves comfortable in that position. And just, you know, set the stage for the sacredness and the, the gratitude and appreciation we have for all these people that are serving our community in such a beautiful way. And for all of us here to share in that. And let's go ahead and do our affirmation together then. Releasing the things that are behind, I realize I am strong, positive, Powerful, wise, loving, fearless, free spirit. I am the infinite, expressing at the point I am. I am peace in the midst of all matters. And I say amen to that. And now it is my great honor and privilege to present our first person. She's going to be doing the one of our, we have two lessons and a meditation. Bonus week. Good week to come, guys. And our first presenter here is doing a lesson called Peace. And it is Miss Birka Earl. And please help me welcome her on up. A blessed and peaceful good morning, everyone. As Susan has introduced me, my name is Birka. I'm a member of this community. And I serve on the board and leadership team. And yes, I am an SEE student as well. Today is the second Advent, and according to the Unity Advent publication, we are celebrating the presence and gift of peace. Today, this Sunday, and throughout this coming week. What is peace? When I agreed to do a talk on this topic, um, 
I had to ask myself that question again, especially since it comes up quite a bit to the forefront this time of year. Can you hear me? Can you hear me all okay? Okay. Well, Birka, here's another opportunity to delve deeper into the subject. And, of course, as it usually happens when I focus on a certain topic, the extra opportunities to practice arise. And in this case, it was peace. And I must confess, at that time, my inner and outer circumstances did not reflect that at all. And I was shown in full spectrum and reflection how I was truly not in alignment with this truth. I was already feeling overwhelmed, frustrated, with too many obligations, things I had to take care of, and I wasn't feeling well, and I was not able to come to a place of peace within myself. And I had told myself, I am not taking on one more single thing. Not one more single solitary thing. (laughs) Well, then there was this voice. Surely, Birka, you can do a ten-minute talk on peace. Well, there went the peace in the should I or shouldn't I? Should I or shouldn't I? So, what is peace? What exactly does it mean? What is it to be peace in the midst of all matters? How does one experience it? How does it feel inside, in our hearts and in our minds? I decided to investigate a little bit and um, I looked up the definition in the Webster's Dictionary. And this is what it states. A state of quiet, especially freedom from public disturbance or war, freedom from upsetting thoughts or feelings, harmony in personal relations, a state or period of peace between governments and agreement to end a war. Peace means freedom from commotion, anxiety, annoyance, and worry. Peace means everyone is calm, safe, getting along with each other, helping, loving, and caring towards each other. Well, I realized that these definitions mainly focused on the outer influence on us, the outer peace, which we can't always control or change. So how about spiritual peace? I decided to look up peace in Charles Fillmore's The The Revealing Word. Try to say that real fast. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's funny. And he, he describes peace as peace is harmony and tranquility derived from awareness of the Christ consciousness. He goes on to say, 
steadfast affirmations will harmonize the whole body structure and open the way to attainment of health conditions in mind and body. And until world peace is based on the divine law of love, and this law incorporated into the pact of peace, as well as into the minds of those who sign the pact, there will be no permanent peace. Those were uh, Charles's writings. So where are we not in coherence with peace and love? Where do we experience indifference or conflict? How do we attain this inner peace? In essence, it is up to us as individuals to choose peace. To take personal responsibility for our own peace experience. To make a pact within ourselves to be peace itself. To be a peacemaker who reduces to a state of peace and harmony all the thoughts of strive, anger, retaliation in our own minds. And this we can achieve through the consistent practice of prayer, meditation, affirmations, and simply being in the stillness. In Unity and many other teachings, we are always guided back to tend to our own inner garden first, to pull the weeds of our own inner turmoil, to recognize where we still have to come into coherence in our own thoughts and beliefs. Peace is a holy endeavor. We devote ourselves to it. Peace is a gift we give to ourselves. We give it to God, to spirit. We give it to everyone around us. We give it to all that is. Peace is a gift. Peace is a higher vibration of being. And during this season, we can acknowledge and claim peace as the sacred birthing of the Christ consciousness within us. How can we recognize being in a place of peace? Um, we, we can um, recognize we're in a place of peace when we um, feel the following. For instance, when we're feeling balanced in our life, in our own inner self, when we're able to come to center, a quieting, an acceptance of what is, a warm feeling in the heart, calmness and contentment, experiencing a gentle sense of happiness and freedom, being in gratitude. Peace can happen when you're in some kind of absorbing or interesting activity, when you're feeling relaxed, at ease, being in the flow of things. It's serenity and tranquility of mind. 
think we can all relate to some of these descriptions of experiencing peace. I find that often I'm more aware of unpeaceful, disturbing situations. And I don't acknowledge the many times during my day in which I am in a peaceful state. So herewith, I make a pact to be more and more aware of those holy moments. At the Advent affirmation for today, um, on this day of Advent, I resolve to live with an open, forgiving heart and bless others, family, friends, and even strangers with my peaceful presence. I wish each one of you the true gift of peace and may it carry you into your next best moment. Thank you. Um, We will now listen to a song, Peace is All I Know, which will be followed by a lovely and peaceful meditation by our very own Kathy Konechny.
Good morning, everybody. I'm Kathy, and uh, thank you for this opportunity to sorry um, to do the silent meditation with you today. Um, I consider meditation possibly the essential, the most important aspect of my spiritual life. I know that when I meditate. That's when I'm centered, and that's when I'm aligned with the truth within. Unity also agrees with that. Uh, if you read Lessons in Truth, which is a very important um, book by Emily Cady, she talks considerably about going into the silence meditation. In fact, what she talks about is doing is secondary to being. And of course, in this season, doing, uh, we do a lot of doing, let's say. We're running around helping others, which is wonderful. But Emily Cady reminds us that that is secondary to being, to going within. I think about it when I was a flight attendant years ago. Um, they would always tell you, you put that oxygen mask on yourself first and then help others. So I think that's an easy way to remember that. Lessons in Truth also said, we talk to God, that is prayer. God talks to us and that is inspiration. Meditation is how we are inspired by the divine, by the sacred within. How beautiful is that? Meditation is listening to God. Of course, sometimes I have to admit, I have to confess, I'm a meditation slacker. There are points in my life where I feel too rushed and too stressed or too whatever to meditate. I admit it. It's kind of like my fitness routine, that that treadmill gathering dust in my bedroom. Um, but why is that? I think it might have been Jack Cornfield, but I'm not sure, who talked about that voice in your head as the annoying roommate. Has anybody else experienced the annoying roommate as you sit down in meditation? You know, I'll sit down, I'll get comfy, I'm about to meditate, and my, my annoying roommate will say, you know, you really should be cleaning the house because you're going to have those people over next week. <laughs> oh, you really shouldn't have eaten those jalapeno poppers and birthday cake last night. <laughs> oh, you know, you're going to have to do a lot of exercising after all of that. And it goes on and on. And when I first started meditating, I thought, man, I am a meditation failure. I've clearly, you know, all these people around me, I'm the only one that can't do this. But what I didn't realize and what was a breakthrough moment for me was that what I realized was once you recognize those thoughts, those thoughts that are there all the time anyway, but all of a sudden now you're seeing them, you're hearing them with some clarity. That is a point of mindfulness. That is a point to be celebrated instead of a failure. Indeed, that's, I believe, the start 
of the inner journey, that moment of awakening where we we realize, we asked ourselves, I'm not those thoughts. That's not what I believe. So if I'm not those thoughts, who am I? And that's where the beauty begins. Of course it does, as Birka beautifully stated, require us to pull up some weeds. There's challenges in meditation. It's not necessarily <laughs> um, always this wonderful time. You can struggle for that 30 minutes you're sitting there or hour you're sitting there. But there is no unsuccessful meditation. My favorite teacher told me that, and I realize it now. No matter how much you struggle in meditation or don't, it's like physical fitness. If you struggle during your workout or you don't, both of those have value and are successful. Um, it's a practice. It's not you know, a report card. It's not around. So with those thoughts in mind, I'm going to ask us all to meditate. <clears throat> There's a few tips I'd like to share with you. One is you're going to have thoughts. And I want you to laugh at them, kind of like you were just laughing at those thoughts I mentioned. Laugh at them. They're not real. Um, I like to consider thoughts almost like I'm driving in a car and I'm going through maybe uh, clouds and, and those clouds are just passing by me. They're there. I acknowledge them. I'm not going to try to stop them, but I'm also not going to attach myself to them. I also encourage you to consider using a word, just a word that generates that love within you. It can be love, it can be joy, it might be still, it might be be. Just choose a word and use just that word. Don't try to change it, that's an ego thing, your ego wants to change it, it's another thought going on. And then, let's close our eyes if you're comfortable with that. And take some breaths. And as you take those breaths, imagine that each breath in is breathing in sacred and divine life. Each breath out is lovingly sharing that divine beauty within you and nourishing those around you, providing them with the peace. I'm going to do a quick body scan with you to just relax you and get us prepared for the meditation and then we'll listen to some music to begin that I want you to get into a comfortable seating position and we're going to bring our focus to our feet and we release the tension in them 
and we allow ourselves to feel gratitude and warmth and love for everything that they've done for us today we're here and then we shift our focus to our legs to our thighs to our knees to our calves We experience the sensation of the pressure on the seat and we just observe that. If we have any discomfort, we observe that without any judgment. Just experience the sensations and let them be and then we move our focus up to the trunk of our body to our stomach to our hearts our lungs drawing in that sacred breath if there's tension we release it we feel the lightness within us next we experience our arms they do so much for us what a joy to let them rest what gratitude we can feel for them and then finally we'll move on to our head and to our face soften the expression on your face with your eyes closed allow your gaze to gently shift to immediately in front of you space in front of you and then soften your mouth experience the breath through your nose those loving thoughts of your body allowing it to be 
We're going to start the music now, please. world as it is go inside to find my God I will leave this world as it is go inside to find my God I will leave this world as it is, go inside to find my God. I will leave this world as it is, go inside to find my God. Inside there is peace. Inside there is joy, inside there is more than enough. Inside there is peace, inside there is joy, inside there is sacred love. again for the honor of allowing me to lead today's meditation and following me is um, Larry Bearden um, with a new and um, different lesson from Mirka and I How you guys doing today? Pretty good? Good! Yeah? Alright I'm not sure if 
few guys know. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure most of you don't know. But during the last four months, these have been very eventful for five of us here at Unity. And that event was the fact that five of us got new vehicles. So Nita got a new vehicle. Pat got a new vehicle. Susan got a new vehicle. Sandy got two new vehicles. Car and a truck. And I got a new vehicle. So, so when you get a new vehicle, what's, what's the first thing that you do with a new vehicle? You drive it, right? That's the first thing you do, right? But, but, but what's the second thing you do? Well, well, for me, I studied the owner's manual. Because, because I had a, a Buick Park Avenue, 2003 Buick Park Avenue. And the car I got was a, a new Mazda 6. Totally different car, totally different automobile with a whole lot of different things within the car, right? So I've been spending a lot of time studying my new owner's manual. And here it is. 450 pages of information that I need for that new vehicle. Well, a week after I got the new vehicle, I, I came to church and I came in. And, and when I came in the door, I was accosted by my friend and my mentor, Larry Lee. And Larry said, hey, Larry, I got something for you. I said, okay, great. What was it? And it's this thing. Next slide, please. Your owner's manual. And, and I couldn't help but to think, now, this is crazy, right? I buy a new car, and I'm studying the owner's manual, and Larry gives me a book about my life's owner's manual. Is this guy trying to tell me something? <laughs> in any case, it's a great book. It's got a lot of really good information, a lot of new thought principles, a lot of unity type ideas, and it's even got some things from the Course of Miracles. So I read the book, and after I got done reading it, I couldn't help but to start thinking, man, wouldn't it be great if we all had individualized owner's manuals for our lives? So, you know, if something crazy happened in our lives, right? Our lives stopped working correctly, right? We, we can open up our owner's manual and see and say, oh, here's the problem right here. Let me, let me adjust this, right? That would be great. So I started thinking about it, and then I thought, well, you know, in, the fact of the matter is there are owner's manuals out there. There are different types of owner's manuals out there. You got the Bible. You got the Koran. You got the Book of Mormon, and you got other religious types of books that millions, actually billions of people read on a regular basis because these books help them direct their lives. 
And they're really incredibly good books. They're full of wisdom and great ideas and incredible knowledge. The only thing about these books, though, is that they are not individualized for your specific life, for what's happening to you right now. They give you general knowledge. They give you some examples. But they're not specific to your lives. Okay. We live in the 21st century, right? We've got other things. Other pieces of information that help us through our lives, right? You got Siri. You got Alexis. You got the Internet. How many of you people have had when you were growing up in Encyclopedia Britannica. Anybody in here? A few of y'all? This little device holds 10,000 times more information than the Encyclopedia Britannica. It's amazing. But it's limited. Let me show you what I mean. Siri. What's wrong with Of course you are. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> Siri, what's wrong with my life? I don't have an opinion on that. <laughs> it's limited. Okay? It's limited. So I got to thinking, well, wait a minute, hold it. I got thinking about my car and I started realizing something. You know, just like a car manufacturer installs a owner's manual inside a car, our creator installed an owner's manual inside of us. Next slide. Everything you've ever wanted to know, all the answers to all the questions to any of the problems in your life, is all within this owner's manual. Within you. The owner's manual is inside of you. The only question that you really have is, how do you access it? How do you get to that information? You know, there's a lot of ways to do that, but here at Unity, there's two ways that we normally say how you access your owner's manual. Prayer, and meditation now I'm not going to say too much more about prayer and meditation I think Kathy and Birka said it all and said it fantastically but what I will do is I'll give you an example of my life where I had to use prayer and meditation to get to my owner's manual many years back I was working as a human resource manager for a nonprofit organization. My job was to ensure that staffing was at 100% and to make sure I took care of all the benefits, all the medical, all that type of thing for our employees. I was doing that very well, or at least that was the feedback I got from my coworkers from people both inside and outside of the organization. 
from the organization's board of directors. Everybody said I was doing great. Everybody except for the CEO. For some reason, there just seemed to be some type of personality conflict between two of us. Don't know what it was, didn't know why he didn't like me or whatever, but it just seemed that we'd always be in these type of conflicts and it seemed that he wanted to fire me. So I was coming home a lot of times just scratching my head, you know, depressed a little bit. And one day we got into a real big, nasty discussion. And I came home and I almost fell into my lazy boy because I was just so dejected. And quietly in my head, I started to pray and meditate and asking, what should I do? I I just don't know how to please this guy. And that voice came into my head and the voice said, you need to quit. (laughs) Now, when the voice said that, I could clearly hear myself saying to the voice, Are you crazy? I can't quit this job. It took me six months to get this job. I've got a mortgage to pay. I can't quit. About three seconds later, I heard a voice say again, You need to quit that job tomorrow. When the voice said that, I said, but I've got a child that's getting ready to go to middle school. i got another child that's getting ready to go to high school. i got mouths to feed. i got a wife with expensive taste. <laughs> I can't quit. <laughs> the next morning... I went downstairs and got on my computer and I typed out my letter of resignation and I went to work and I gave it to the CEO who was happy (laughs) and I came home the next I came home that same day and I told my wife what I had done and my wife said yeah I know you know you really just weren't happy don't worry about it baby you'll get another job And quite confidently, I said, I'm not worried. I'll have another job by the end of this month. Two weeks later, I had another job that was better than the one I had. That was me accessing my owner's manual. And your situation might not be as dramatic as that. But you need to be able, from time to time, to access your owner's manual. Let me leave you with this. Think of life as a car. And you are the driver. For your car to run properly, the way you want to run, you need to be able to access your owner's manual from time to time. Because if you don't, 
be the driver for your life, you will find that your your life is driving you. And nine times out of ten, it's driving you crazy. (laughs) Use your owner's manual. Thank you.